0: Are you longing for real-life change and lasting impact? And More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. I'm so glad that you are back with us today for part two of this episode in which Kaylee and I are talking about how to find contentment in the life that God has given us. Grab your Bibles, open up to Philippians, and join us as we see what Paul has to teach us. I want what you want, God. I don't want what I want. Right. And I think that, I mean, I very much think that's modeled for us, not only in Hannah, but also in Paul. And so, I know we talked about this earlier. I wanted to share a particular passage from uh, Philippians that I think we don't understand the fullness of. God mm-hmm. has been teaching me about it since since January. Well, actually, no. I mean, since January with a, an experience that I went through and then um, in a deeper study back uh, on the day, actually, that Unblinded Faith came out. We had a launch party that night and uh, my friend Amy was here for the launch party. Uh, mm-hmm. We did Facebook Live and we talked about Philippians Uh, For 13th, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's in the context of this passage that I want to look deeper at and that Paul talks about contentment. And I think he models for us a life yielded to God. When when the Lord met him and Saul became Paul, his entire life changed. Everything Mm -hmm. that he was working toward got rerouted as an ambassador of the good news. And so I'm going to go ahead and read just a couple of verses here and then unpack it a little bit. Uh, So he, he says in verse of 10 of chapter four, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. So he's talking to the Philippians. I know you haven't, I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Hmm. Maybe that's Jim Elliot's quote is wherever you all be all there. Maybe, Maybe he's echoing what Paul is saying. Then verse 12 says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Verse 15 says, As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Apaphroditus. (laughs) These Bible names. Uh, They are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which, I gotta move my post it notes, have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. I love that passage. Oh, but you know what's amazing to me in this passage? We quote, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I mean, I chanted that delivering Caitlin. Now, I have twins, and Luke came first, and they promised me that it would be a C-section if the second didn't come out within 30 minutes, and we were like at... 30 minutes, and they're like, okay, we're going for the C-section. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I did not work this hard to now have a C-section on top of a vaginal birth. I'm like, no, and I'm on the table chanting, I can do all things through (laughs) Christ who sends me push and and getting out this baby. But as a misquote of scripture, really, I mean, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead was alive and active in me in that moment, no doubt. I'm not saying that it's wrong to lean into the strength of God. I completely believe in that. But in the context of this, Paul is talking about his financial situation and his physical needs. His full stomach are empty, his plenty are little. And then he talks about the Philippians sending him the financial resources. Mm -hmm. And so Paul, I think, very much is, is talking about how to be content in his material circumstances. Right. And that that's and what, that like, has
1: the, the whole thing of that. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ. It's like through Christ, he can help me be content in all these situations. Like that's where on my yeah. own, I am going to struggle with the idea of like, Oh, I, I need this or I want this or, but through Christ, he can help me to find joy in all those moments and can, um, can bring about whatever needs to happen in my life.
0: Yes. Yes. And he, if you go back in the passage, he does talk about, you know, verse four and chapter four, always be full of joy in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I say again, rejoice. And then verse six, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done, which I mean, is just the model for us. And then Verse 8 is about fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and and all of those, you know, whatever that that we know about, putting to practice what he has modeled for us, Paul has modeled for us. But I I thought, well, maybe there's another word for need, right? Not that I was ever in need. So I looked it up Mm -hmm. and actually the NLT says need, um, the NIV New King James says want, and The Greek word actually just means a falling short.
1: Hmm.
0: And I thought that's a really interesting way. to Not that I was ever falling short for I have learned. Like that there's sufficiency in what he had. It changes things a little bit for me. And then when it says, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Uh, I know how to live on almost nothing. So almost nothing is like humble means. Like right. it's is not extravagant. And everything is actually the translated word comes from prosperity, which means, you know, to exceed, to overflow, to have abundance, to abound in. So he he's not saying it's holy to live in with humble means like right. you should strive for that. He's saying whether he's been in humble means or whether he has been abounding in, you know, excessive riches, he has found contentment.
1: Well, don't you and find that-, that, I mean, like, I, I know from my standpoint, and I'm sure you can echo this, that during your life and in your marriage, there have been moments where there's plenty or enough or not so much. Um, you know, so we go through the span of life and, and we're going to come across all of these things. It's going to, the gamut's going to run. And so like Paul, yeah, like you've just been mentioning, do we find contentment with whatever station God has placed us in right now? And I like what you said Mm. about the uh, falling short, like if we think about it, as long as we are alive and breathing I mean, isn't God with us? Like, you know, isn't he, his presence is there. And so that's, he's providing them the need to live mm-hmm. and to survive. And that gets down mm-hmm. to just the basic, basic level. Um, and then he gives us so much more abundantly though, than we can, we deserve, or we can imagine. And he takes care of all the yeah. other things that we really don't need, but he's just so generous.
0: Right. And, <laughs> it. It's not to say that it's easy to believe that. I mean, when oh, no. you don't know how you're going to pay your next bill, oh, I know, you're like, "Ah, oh, Lord, you promised <laughs> Help <me out> here. <laughs> to provide for all of my needs," and and then I think the challenge is the bitter root that can then that can drive up in us, uh, rise up, drive up. Sometimes it feels like it's driving like a yeah. Mack truck through my center yeah. of my heart of, of jealousy. When you're trying to say, "Okay, God, I trust you to provide for my needs, mm-hmm. I want to be content with the little that I feel like I have right now, but you've plopped me down in the middle of excess you know excessivity right. of financial resources all around me, and so what gives lord right and that's all perspective because mm-hmm. I mean I think what's just the, the statistic is that What is considered middle class in America is considered, you know, upper class in the rest of the world. Sure. Uh, And so what we have is relative to what everybody else has or does not have. Right. Right. So we we don't have perspective of Mm -hmm. what it means to be content. Like when Paul talks about uh, learn the secret to living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little – I mean, that kind of cuts the divide in terms of we we can divide, we can define stomach full or stomach empty. That's universal. But plenty or little is subjective. Mm -hmm. Subjective. I think Dave Ramsey maybe is the one that said it or Andy Stanley, like it doesn't matter how much you have. You always want more.
1: That's very true.
0: Right. And so it will never be enough. And that kind of takes us back to where we were in the beginning of will we ever have enough? Our long time frame orientation versus our short time frame. What do you think? What do you think about this? No,
1: I totally agree with that. And I think that's where then it does come back to yielding our desires and and saying, all right, Lord, where you have me right now is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find joy in that. And however money, how much money you've given me, like I'm going to find joy in camping with my family or in taking a trip to the Caribbean with them. Because what matters more is the time spent with those people than where I'm going. Yeah. And so do we find that like, God, I'm going to find joy because I'm with you or I'm with people that... I love and that's where I'm finding my joy and it's not in the stuff or the accomplishments or all those other things that I think we put on us as that's what we should be aiming for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so do we find contentment just in Him and the relationships that we have versus the things?
0: Yeah. Man, I can't believe you went there with that because I didn't even share this part with you, but we, uh, and this maybe is a good story to end on. So Stephen and I have been really working through what is our purpose in this new life because we had that, you know, pretty dramatic move, 18 years at a boarding school where the mission of the school was the mission of our family. We just adapted to it, especially with being there married and then having children So the school raised us really rather than, uh, and and shaped our family. Well, then we move and now we've got to figure out what are our priorities? Like what are we living for and who are we living for and what is our purpose? And since we've been here, I have been, I have struggled with discontentment with the house that we've had and other people Mm -hmm. will walk into our house and be like, it's beautiful and I wish I had your home and oh my word, how wonderful it is. And I just see the imperfections. Sure. I see the limitations. I see it not being able to provide what I want to be able to provide in terms of gathering space and having large mm-hmm. gatherings of people. And one of the ways that I've tried to deal with that is by uh, looking for other houses. And mm-hmm. every time I look for another house that doesn't like kill the commute any more than it currently is for my husband or the kids to school – Uh, doesn't hurt us financially in terms of like a mortgage that's more than we can bear. I can't find anything that comes even remotely close to what the Lord provided for us in this house. Mm. And so I was like, okay, okay, you know, and that that helps me to kind of explore the possibilities. God Mm -hmm. has been using that personality bent in me to turn me back towards... I gave you this. I gave you this. And so sometimes we do have to like literally knock on other doors and have them close in our face for us to see where exactly where God wants us to be. the the flip side of that is that I actually had a realtor come to the house, a friend of mine, and kind of assess it. I wanted to know what is this house actually worth right now? And if we were ever going to sell, like if I'm busy exploring other options, I need to know what... Value our current house is right. compared to what I'm looking for. That was such a reality check because I also asked her, like, what areas of our home should we invest our money into? Like, the bathrooms haven't been updated since the house was bought, the kitchen could mm-hmm. use some help. Like, do we, what do we do in terms of resale value? Because we've never owned a home before. And she, you know, pointed out the things that needed to be done. Then she gave us numbers, and I realized, oh, my word, it costs so much money to move. Like, selling a house, closing costs, never been through that before. Buying a house, closing costs, been through that before. Uh, You know, moving companies, uh, and then the inspector and all the routine stuff. And I sat there, and looked at my husband, and he looked at me, and I was the one that said, we ain't moving. Like, unless the Lord comes in with, like, a forklift and, like, Picks us up and says, now, go. I'm like, I can't justify the cost of that move Mm
1: -hmm. over
0: the value of using those resources to pay for our kids' education or give to somebody in need. Right? Right? But what it has done for me, it's, it's forced me to say, what will it take to be content in this house now? And I... You guys are going to laugh at me. I'm sure there's somebody on the other end that's going to be like, I totally understand. Another person be like, this woman is a fruitcake. <laughs> so call me a fruitcake if you want to call me a fruitcake. But I, I decided to sell some of my most precious pieces of furniture because they're too big for the space. And okay. I was hanging on to them because of their sentimental meaning or because, well, one day I'll have a house that will fit that. It's big enough. Big enough, right? Big enough or not even like square footage more, but just a different layout that it would fit appropriately in. And I just came to the point of release of like, God, you gave us this house. You also gave us this furniture at various points, you know, roadside vines that were just precious memories of rescuing pieces and redeeming them with the girls. But um, Lord, I let it go. And I trust you for what you've given us for right now. And and how did you feel after that? Oh, my word. So first off, I cried. Uh, from the time there was, like, an offer on the armoire, I cried. I mean, I just cried for days. You would have thought I was losing a person. And my, my friend Andrea, my friend Carrie, said to me, this isn't the piece of furniture you're crying over. This is you coming to terms with the new life God has given you. And mm. you. And this will make me cry now. Um both of them have known me for a long enough to be able to say to me, you, you, you obeyed God and you moved and you submitted mm-hmm. and you yielded and then you stewarded it. You, you got everybody in your family plugged in and stable. And then mm-hmm. you wrote another book and launched it. And now it's your letdown. Like it's mm-hmm. the, it's the coming to terms of the new life, and the letting go of the old life, the grieving that. Three years later, selling those pieces of furniture was part of my grieving and yielding. Mm-hmm. And and it was interesting. The gal, she was just so tickled. They showed up to, showed up in their minivan, just like the minivan we had, and they were you know a good decade younger than us with little kids, and she was so excited about this armoire that was going to be used in her dining room. She texted me a picture of it <laughs> afterwards and she goes, Look, it's perfect for this space. And every person that has walked into my house since that piece has been gone has said to me, Oh my word, this room is so much better without it. But we right. have to be willing to let go to receive the better. I really do think. And that better is a new piece of furniture. It's not a different-shaped living room. I didn't go out and buy something to replace it. I repurposed. I moved things around. And it has been um, a summer for me of, and this is going to air in the fall, so will be curious to see where I'll be in September, but um, it has been a summer of acceptance, of yielding, of this is what you have given. How do I use the bones? How do I use the space? How do I use the time, my resources for your glory, Lord? And I think that's where Paul, I do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What are you thinking? I see your thoughts.
1: I just am thinking about Hannah and her experience. Like I can only imagine that she spent nights crying after she dropped Samuel off at the tabernacle because now her son was gone Um, and how much that had to have hurt her heart. And yet like to watch him growing in his relationship with God as she would come and visit him and to know then like when God spoke to him directly and that he was to be the next prophet of Israel. Mm -hmm. Like what an honor and and that release of giving him back, like how it just multiplied and how much joy that brought and that God then blessed her with other children. You know, she wasn't left just, this barrenless woman then that had one child that she gave away. I mean, she was given more children. And so it does, you know, just listening to you share that story too, as we yield and, and there will, there'll be that pushback and that sadness that goes with it at times as we release certain things or we give them up. And yet the joy does come. The joy comes in the morning. There's a text because, God takes us to another place and another step and another level of commitment to Him and dedication and surrender all those words. Yeah. Um, that
0: then there's we find so much more on the flip side, yeah. I think you're so right. And as you were saying, the joy comes. I mean, Hannah's chapter two, right? It's Samuel's chapter two, but it's Hannah's mm-hmm. prayer of praise. My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong, and so I mean we could go on and read the whole thing, but I just want to stop there to say, this this yielding requires mm-hmm. strength, and Paul talks about mm-hmm. it, and Hannah talks about it, and that strength comes from the Lord. Christ is who makes us strong, and and there is joy that comes in the contentment. There's joy that comes in the release. There's joy that comes in the mm-hmm. after. And you know, I often say, joy and sorrow—it's these two pillars of our life. The the letting go is the sorrow, but the receiving what God has for us leads us in joy. And and so, what does that look like? So, I think on that that note, we should probably wrap us up. And I want right. to pitch out some uh, closing thoughts, like some application points. And so, yeah, you—we've know, talked about contentment and that being present where we are and being thankful for what God has given us. And so one challenge question I want to offer is how can you begin a discipline of giving thanks to the Lord each day for mm-hmm. what he has given you to shift that gaze off of the the absence or the pain onto the the provisions and, and his peace. Um, that That would be one thing. And then the other thing, you know, in that yielding, kind of side of contentment it's what is it that God wants you to yield to him is it a dream is it a? Mm -hmm. and I could talk for hours about that maybe we'll do part two about dreams (laughs) yielding our dreams and our desires uh yielding our our wants and our longings um -hmm. yielding our expectations uh what is it that God is is speaking to you about and yielding and y'all can go to more be.com uh, slash podcast and find the link for the downloadable show notes and that sounds funny but um, it's not a transcript of our podcast it's actually a place for you to take notes and to journal uh, what we've talked about because we see our podcast kind of as this online Bible study thing that y'all get mm-hmm. to participate in and and so to go and take your journal or take that download and and work it out look at Hannah, you can read about her in First Samuel uh, chapter one and two. You can go to Philippians and read about what we talked about with Paul in chapter four. And I'd read the whole chapter in context. And then you can pick up the raw scripture study and look at that and look at those verses. The whole month's worth of verses for September mm-hmm. two thousand and eighteen are on the um, are on this idea of yielding our desires. Anything you yeah, want to I- add?
1: I think, just one thing wrapping up, I think a lot of times we don't go there in a sense to deal with our, our struggles because we don't want to A, look at it and, and work through it, or B, we feel so guilty, like I shouldn't be feeling this way, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I shouldn't be struggling with this issue or this lack of contentment. You know, we read this verse and, and we immediately go to the condemnation of, well, I'm not being content and I don't know how to deal with it versus accepting wherever we're at or our struggles or whatever we're you know, having issues with and being content and then bringing it to the Lord and talking about those dreams and those desires or those struggles for maybe that we're wanting more money or a different house like you were talking about um, and then leaving them at His feet. And that might you might be doing that multiple times a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm but it's, it's just refocusing and it's coming back. And like you said, then looking when it, when it hits you say, all right, so what are my blessings right now? What is something good? What is God doing in my life? And it takes that focus off of whatever we're struggling with and puts it back on the, what God is currently doing or how he's working. Um, and that can be I've been talking to my daughter about this, and she's like, why why am I still struggling with this?' And it's like it doesn't matter the why, just keep going back to that you know how to deal with it, and that is to refocus on God,
0: so. yeah, I think that's good. I think i'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of the um armoire story a part that I didn't share as a as a closing thought because mm-hmm. it is materialistic, but for me, it had so much more meaning than just right. the piece of furniture because. Back when we picked up that armoire, uh, I had been praying and asking God to provide a a piece of furniture that can exist in my living room that could serve as my office cabinet because I had no office. Mm. And so uh, the girls and I were in the minivan. We were driving to probably like the big box store to get groceries. And there it was on the side of the road. And the girls were little, like, I think they were probably, like, 10, 12, and, like, 8. I mean, we were small-bodied people. And this armoire was a monster. And so the three of us get out of the car, and we're trying to get it in the back of the minivan. It won't fit. I mean, it takes two large men to move this piece of furniture. So this man from across the street comes running over. And (laughs) if y'all could have seen I'm like, girls, hurry, 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 get it in. Because I thought he was getting taken from us. (laughs) the adrenaline the panic i mean it's a comedy of errors and he comes over and he said hey can i help you uh and i was like can you help us he goes i have a pickup truck let me drive it over we're gonna put it in the back of my my pickup truck and i'll drive it to your house and and so part of the reason this piece of furniture has so much meaning to me is the memory of the girls, the memory of the provision of God, the memory of like God showing me that there's still kind strangers out in this world that will Mm -hmm. do something for nothing. Then, and then his provision of it. So letting it go was letting go of a season of our life too, of Mm -hmm. my memory of the girls at that stage and that location and that house and how desperate I was for God to provide in various ways. And, and yet I want to be fully present today. And today his provisions look like no space for that piece of furniture. And so letting it go has opened my heart to receive what he has for me now. And I don't know what that looks like, but I do think that that if, if that armoire doesn't become a story about materialism, but could become a story for our sisters to think about what is my armoire? Like, like, Right. What is that thing that maybe I wanted so badly and I see God providing, but he's asking me to lay before him again, uh, just like Samuel and, you know, mm-hmm. and the story of Hannah. It can well, be and, people and things.
1: And, and the memory still lives on and the story now is being shared. This story yeah. and God's provision when he brought that armoire into your life. Yeah. And now as it's, you know, gone to somebody else um it it still lives on that hasn't disappeared like god's provision is continual and if you think about like it served its purpose you just said that it was your home office and yet he provided a beautiful yes space for you now to like live and work in yeah Um, you know so he he continues to um
0: direct and guide man we could go even further on that like it's not fair of us to hang on to something we no longer need Mm. when it needs to be used in somebody else's life
1: well and that it's this blessing for this
0: young family oh, you know yeah. That they, so yeah Dar- it's, it's kind of darling <laughs> I, 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 yeah god god has turned the sorrow of the lost which was much greater in representation than just a piece of furniture into uh, a moment of joy uh, mm-hmm. because we're joining him in his work. So there we go. We circled yeah. all the way back again. Uh, Kaylee, will you pray for us uh, in close? Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time together. And Lord, I just ask that you please bless each one of our sisters and that, you know, we do, we struggle with contentment. And, and we're in this world where there's so many things that, vie for our attention and that we see other people getting and we wonder why maybe we're not receiving those same blessings and yet you have promised each one of us that you love us and that you take care of us and that you have a plan for our lives so we just lay all of our desires at your feet and we ask that you would um, just continue to lead and guide in each one of our lives and that we may grow deeper in our relationship with you each and every day we love you so much amen
0: Amen. Thanks for praying and being here with me. you welcome. Thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More to Be tribe member. You'll get access to a library of life application studies, worksheets, audio recordings, video teachings with exclusive resources added each month. To learn more, visit more dot slash podcast for a special link just for our listeners. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.